Welcome to the Palm Harvest Podcast. We are a community in Costa Mesa, California. To know more about us, visit our website, palmharvest.com. To follow along with today's message, download the Palm Harvest app and click on Sermon Notes. Thank you for listening. Well, today we are beginning a new sermon series for the fall, which I'm calling Re. And so repeat out loud after me that word. You ready? Re. Re. Again, Re. Re. This retitle uh, is uh, something that just kind of hit me one day, and I couldn't shake it. And so that's what we're going to go with for this next uh, season, however it takes us. And I think it'll probably make more sense as we move forward in this series. But the overall theme that I really uh, is, is easier maybe to understand as we think about the title re, we're going to be discussing each week uh, as to how to thrive in a fractured world. Basically, how can we as, as children of God, you know, made in his image, how do we thrive? How do we flourish in a fractured world? You know, church, when I survey the landscape of our world right now, what I see is a fractured world. Would any of you agree with me on that? You know, people are fighting against each other. Our Congress in Washington, D.C., they can't seem to get on the same page. It feels like our country's moving in a wrong direction. You know, more and more people, I don't know if if you're noticing this or not, but my observation is more and more people are drawing kind of lines in the sand and they're saying, you're either with me or you're you're for me. In fact, I had a friend this morning, I noticed, I I woke up at 2.30 this morning, I couldn't sleep, so if I get a little uh, droopy today, it's because I might, I'm a little run on on octane here, low octane. But I had a friend, I I went on to Facebook and he said, hey, if if you vote, for Newsome, you can unfriend me right now. And he said, you know, I had one person, he said already one person has unfriended me. I don't know who it is, but my point is people are drawing lines, lines in the sand, right? We're refusing to listen to one another. And it's, in, it's my observation, and, and maybe, it's, maybe this is true, maybe it's always been this way, but it just seems to me like people's lives are becoming more messy and broken. And in, in our world right now, in my opinion, is what the world needs is, is the church, right? The church is not a building. The church is what? It's people. It's you and it's me. And what, the, what this world needs right now, brothers and sisters, is a little bit of you and a little bit of me bringing some loving he, and healing into dark places. Are you with me? And so this series is going to focus on what God's Word has to say about how do we thrive, how do we, you know, bring life-giving presence into the various arenas that our feet, you know, lead us. And each week, we are going to unpack one re-word, and today's re-word is the word replant, replant, replant. And here's the big idea for our conversation today. Thriving in a fractured world involves seed planting. Thriving in a fractured world really is like seed planting. Now, if you have a Bible with you today, whether it's in paper or digital form, I'd like you to turn to the Gospel of Luke chapter 8. Today we're going to look at a, a story 
really a Bible story that builds upon some teaching that Jesus did one day while out in, in, uh, among the people. And, and as you're going to see here in this story as we read it, there are basically three seed planting observations that I'm, I would like you to ponder uh, as we sort of launch into this, this re-series. But before we get there, before we jump into the Bible, let's, let's pause one more time for prayer and invite God to teach us because that's why we're here today, right? So join me for prayer. So Heavenly Father, we've gathered together in this place because we want to grow. Uh, for some of us, we might need to replant in our lives so that our, our, our lives can become more fruitful. And so as we delve into a story that your son Jesus told, as we delve into a story found here in the Bible, God, we ask that through your Holy Spirit, you would teach us and that you would strengthen us and that you would mold us even in this conversation to be stronger and healthier than we were when we came into this place today. It's in Jesus' name we pray these things. Everybody said? Amen. Amen. All right. Luke chapter 8. So it's Matthew, Mark, Luke. Once you find chapter 8, look at verse 1. Try to picture the scene in your mind. I'm going to read the first three verses. So soon afterward, Jesus began a tour of the nearby towns and villages, preaching and announcing the good news about the kingdom of God. He took his 12 disciples with him, along with some women who had been cured of evil spirits and diseases. Among them were Mary Magdalene, from whom he had cast out seven demons, Joanna, the wife of Chusa, Herod's business manager, Susanna, and many others who were contributing from their own resources to support Jesus and his disciples. Now here in verses 1 to 3, we can, you will notice how Jesus is accompanied by a variety of different people, right? On this ministry, preaching, teaching, healing tour that he is, is, is beginning. We're told here in these verses, first and foremost, that Jesus' 12 disciples are present, right? And, and that's to be expected because these are the guys who Jesus is going to pass the, the leadership baton to. And so we can assume that that's easy for them to re realize that they're there. They're going to one, take, one day take Jesus' place. But we're also told here that there's a group of women uh, who are with him, one of whom was a woman by the name of Mary, Mary Magdalene, who we're told apparently had been possessed by seven demons. I, I can't imagine what being possessed by one demon would do to your life, let alone seven. But we can assume that Jesus has healed her because that's what Jesus did, right? He would touch people's lives. We know there's stories where he would, you know, free people from demonic possession. And so here's Mary Magdalene along with Jesus on this, this ministry tour. The next woman that we're told is called out is a woman by the name of Joanna, right? We're told that Joanna is the wife of Chusa, who also we're told here is King Herod's business manager. Basically, Chusa's job was to overlook the king's estate. And so I think it's safe for us to assume that Joanna, by being the very nature that she's married to Chusa, the king's business manager, we can assume that Joanna is probably a woman of means. You know what I mean by that? She's probably fairly wealthy simply because of her husband's, husband's job. 
Susanna is mentioned. She's joined by many others. And, and the Bible writer says here in verse 3 that all of them basically are contributing in some way to Jesus' ministry. And for me, what this illustrates, point number one, is how seed planting is a shared endeavor. Seed planting is a shared endeavor. You know, I once heard a story, and I, I think I've probably told this, and so this might be familiar to some of you, but this story was about a, a shoemaker. This is a guy, his, his whole life he wanted to be a, a, a preacher, uh, kind of a teacher of, of, of the Bible, but for whatever reason, the opportunity never really opened up for him. However, he had a buddy by the name of John who was going to seminary, was going to theology, you know, you know, the theological school. And when John um, graduated, he got this appointment to uh, go to this, this church. And so this shoemaker reached out to John. He said, John, I've got a favor to ask of you. And he said, well, sure, wh what is it? He says, I know you're just starting your, your, your preaching, teaching ministry. And he said, you know me, John. You know that I've always wanted to be a a public speaker, but for whatever reason, I just have never been that good. He said, for whatever reason, God has just given me a real ability to, to work with my hands, really, and especially with leather, which is why I'm a shoemaker. And so, John, if it's okay with you, from here on going forward, I want to have the honor of making you your shoes so that when you step into the pulpit, I'm sort of stepping into the pulpit with you. Are you with me? He says, as you get up to preach God's word and, and, and proclaim the good news of Jesus' love, it's as if I'm stepping in places that I would never get to on my own, but by you wearing my shoes together as a team, we can preach and teach and share the good news of, of God's love together. And so for your permission, I'd love for you to, to serve God with you in this way. And I love this story because I think that some of God's greatest servants are many times are in the background, unseen. It certainly is true here for Jesus when we look at this, this posse of people who are around him. People who had baggage even. Mary Magdalene, whoa, what kind of story did she have? And yet there she was. There she was with Jesus. And really what, what it models for us here, what Jesus is modeling for you and for me is how seed planting <clears throat> is a shared endeavor. Seed planting is a shared endeavor. You know, right now more than ever, as I mentioned already, um, I think we're living in a, a fractured world. And it's my conviction that Jesus models for us here how to, to survive and really thrive in a fractured world. It's going to involve us, you and me, living in community. I think growth frequently happens best in community. And so the very fact that you are here today, brothers and sisters, is a good thing. In fact, turn to your neighbor and just say, well done. Well done right? Well done, because you are in a position, you're putting yourself in a position where you can grow. But here's something for you to think about this week. Who are you learning from, and who are you teaming up with? Who are you learning from, and who are you teaming up with? And maybe just as important is who are you bringing along with you 
for support and to give support. To thrive in a fractured world, brothers and sisters, I think it's like seed planting. And seed planting is a shared endeavor. Let's keep reading. Verse 4. So one day Jesus told a story in the form of a parable to a large crowd that had gathered from many towns to hear him. This is a story, he said. A farmer went out to plant his seed. As he scattered it across his field, some seed fell on a footpath where it was stepped on and the birds ate it. Other seed fell among the rocks. It began to grow, but the plant soon wilted and died for lack of moisture. Other seed fell among thorns that grew up with it and choked out the tender plants. Not good. Still other seed, he said, fell on fertile soil. This seed grew and produced a crop that was a hundred times as much as had been planted. When he said this, he called out, anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. You know, as most of you know, in Jesus' day when a, a farmer would plant his crop, and, and Jesus' listeners would have been very aware of this, generally a farmer would plant his crop in one of two ways. The, the, maybe the, not the easiest way, but certainly the, maybe a convenient way is a farmer, sometimes if you would go to you know, kind of the rocky soil of, of Israel, you would, you would know that it's not really, it's almost impossible for you to break up the ground with any kind of machinery. Uh, machinery. And so what a farmer would do is he would take a, a bag of seed, he would throw it over his shoulder, and then as he was, he would walk along, you know, the way he would, you know, scatter seeds. And you ever see people even today, y'all see gardeners out kind of sat, you know, putting out seed in, in our lawns. And so you would see a, a farmer with a bag of seed over his shoulder kind of scattering the seed to, to and fro. But then a better way and maybe a more, a, a certainly an easier way for, for most farmers is, is they would take a, their donkey or their mule if they, if they had something like that, they would take up the seed, that same seed of uh, a bag of seed, they would throw it over its kind of its back and its tail over its rump. Can you picture that in your mind? And then what a farmer would do is he would cut a corner, like just cut it, make a little, you know, hole in one of the corners of the bag, and then he would walk and he would lead his donkey. And as his donkey kind of, you know, the rhythm of the hips, right, going back and forth, it would shake that bag. And wherever he would go over lows and highs, you know, rocky, what didn't matter, the seed would, would drop. Are you with me? You follow me? And so as Jesus is telling this story, the people obviously captured it. Well, not surprisingly, as we hear in Jesus' story, every day it's an easy occurrence. Some seed that fell on the ground grew, right? And Jesus said some of the seed did not. Depending upon the soil and its nourishment, some of the seed flourished while others died. Now here's the point that Jesus was trying to make, I think. After, well, let me just tell you what the point is. He's, so he's telling the story. Look at what his disciples ask him in verse 9. So the disciples asked Jesus what this parable meant, and Jesus replied, look at verse 11. So Jesus says, this is the meaning of the parable. The seed is God's word. The seed that fell on the footpath represent those who hear the message only to have the devil come and take it away from their hearts and prevent them from believing and being saved. You know anybody like that? The seeds on the rocky soil represent those who hear the message and receive it with joy 
But since they don't have deep roots, they believe for a while, then they fall away when they face temptation. The seeds that fell among the thorns represent those who hear the message, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the cares and riches and pleasures of this life, and so they never grow into maturity. And the seed that fell on the good soil, Jesus says here, represents honest, good-hearted people who hear God's word, cling to it, and patiently produce a huge harvest. You know, as most of you know, again, the, the seed isn't always going to grow, right? So what's this tell us about seed planting? Point number two in your notes. I think seed planting involves a multifaceted approach because seed planting produces a wide range of results. Seed planting involves sort of this multifaceted approach because seed planting produces a wide range of results. Church, not everyone who hears about Jesus will believe. And not everyone who believes will grow. And not everybody who grows is going to mature. Jesus says only a few will experience a fruitful life. Think about this in your own spiritual journey, right? Not everybody who hears is going to believe. Not everyone who believes will grow. Not everyone who grows is going to mature. Only a few, Jesus says, will experience a fruitful life. When we read a story like this, and I want you to think about this, I want you to personalize this story and ask yourself the question, how is my soil these days? Ask yourself the question, am I growing? You know, in this fractured world that we are living, are you staying above the fray? Or are you getting sucked into it? Maybe today is a day for us to do some replanting. You know, I want you to say to yourself right now, just internalize this. Say, with God's help, I can grow. Maybe later today when you look in the mirror, you know, you look at yourself in the mirror and you say, with God's help, I can grow. With God's help, I can mature. With God's help, I can live a fruitful life. Whose help is it with? With God's, but it's also with each other's. Why? Because seed planting is a shared endeavor. We're all in this together. And so, brothers and sisters, as we move forward into this quirky world that we are now living in, and it's not going to change, I don't think, thriving in a fractured world is going to really involve us, I think, and happens best in community. You know, as a church organization, we are experiencing really the last 18 months, if anything, it's driving us to try to come up with new ways, multifaceted approaches, right, to spread the seed. Think about it. You know, like the farmer in Jesus' story, we are trying all kinds of ways. We're planting really in all kinds of soils just with the hope of trying to help you and help me and help others grow, right, in a relationship with Jesus. You know, we now have in-person worship and we have off-campus worship. Third Sunday of the month is what Sunday? 
Brunch Sunday. Where's brunch this Sunday? It's at the Deckers. You better be there. Why? Because we thrive in community. You know, we've got this digital on your couch worship thing that we're starting to get pretty good at. In fact, I don't know if you, I assume most of you probably know this, but, you know, we have two cameras right now in the, in the auditorium. There's one right there, and there's one right there. And we have taken some of our tithes and our offerings, and we've invested in this, this, this company that's helping us do this live broadcast for people who maybe are traveling. We all travel who maybe can't be here. And if, if, if you're daring, I would even encourage you over the next, you know, several weeks as you come and in the auditorium, feel free to just get up and go over here to the sound booth. And it's really fascinating. There's a couple of, of screens that we have up. One is where the guys are, are, you know, moving the little prompts here for the, you know, the, the points in the music and stuff. But next to it, there's another screen and you can see this mouse kind of moving. There's somebody offside and there's like eight different angles of cameras. And it's, it's fascinating how somebody is, is, is basically helping us they're a part of the Paul Marvis Church team to try to plant some seeds with people who are maybe needing a, a pick-me-up. Two weeks ago, we started a digital meditation moment broadcast, which is, it's Beto's idea. He's forcing me to do it. Um, it's causing me to grow. And, and Wednesday mornings, we'll go into the studio and I'll do like a five or six minute kind of a devotional meditation. And then he does his thing to it, which is usually pretty amazing, as you know, when we're pushing that out. And, and uh, Beto, how many, how many countries are tuning in right now? 10, 20, lots. You know, and, and it's just a little five-minute thing that you can listen on Anchor, maybe Spotify. I don't even know what Spotify is, I always say, but I have no idea what that is. Um, but, uh, you know, there's, there's places where people can just listen in their car on their way to, to, to wherever they're going. Why? Because... All we're trying to do is do some replanting. Are you with me? So that people can thrive in a fractured world. You know, I'd really be interested in knowing where God has been maybe stirring you to do some planting. You know, if you, if you have time this week, pull out your apps, send me, a, send me a prayer note or a connection card and say, hey, Mike, here are the areas that I'm kind of trying to plant God's word, his seed in, in these various areas. Areas And I would love to, to know that so I can pray with you. Now, 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 hear me on this, okay? More is not better, right? I think so much of us, so many, we are so busy already. And so more is not necessarily better. You know, you've heard me talk about this in the band, you know, less is, less is many times better. Less is more. You know that? And so when, we're, when, we're, when you're looking at your life and you're trying to, to balance activity with, with, with productivity, don't just assume that, 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 that more is better. So as you're evaluating yourself and saying, you know, how healthy am I? What's my soil? Maybe, maybe your soil health quotient isn't about adding more to your plate, but it might involve taking some away. So that where you are scattering your seeds, you can really, really grab and go deep. So again, I want to invite you to do some self-evaluation. Ask yourself right now, is, your, is my soil rocky? Is your soil filled with thorns? You know, do you need to confess 
this morning to the Lord, you know, and ask for forgiveness. Maybe you've allowed the things of this world to distract you or to monopolize your time and energy and focus. You know, this morning when I woke up at 2.30, I finally got out of bed at 3.30 and I thought, Lord, why, why am I wide awake? I went to the kitchen, I had breakfast, I was hungry, might as well eat. And I thought, am I worried about something? Like there was nothing that was, that was you know, in front of me that was, was causing me to, like, why am I supposed, why am I awake right now? Wide awake. And so I just started praying. I started praying for people. I started praying for you. And that would be another reason why it's important for me to kind of know what's going on in your life so that when, I wake, when I'm waking up in the morning and when you wake up in the morning, we can, we can pray for each other. But ask yourself the question, is what's distracting me right now? You know, are there birds of the air that we read here in this story that are maybe pulling God's truth out of your life? Are you living in community or are you living in isolation? Boy, if there's one thing that COVID has done to our world this last year, it's pushing people into isolation. Would you agree with that? People hunkering down in their homes and where we're, we're families are not getting together. That's not from the Lord, brothers and sisters. You know, yesterday I was, or Friday actually I was here and Rob was here. He was in the office working on some, some things. And Rob and I got into this conversation and, and, and it wasn't a debate or anything, but we had two differences of opinion, Right? Rob had his opinion, I had my opinion, and we were both trying to convince each other of, who, of our opinion, right? And, and I thought, this is a perfect example of the church, where you can come together, you can disagree with one another, but if you just listen to each other, and, and you know, he sends me a text in later, and I send him a text, and, and you know, we're still friends, aren't we, Rob? You know, we're still, he's here, he's here this morning. And so, you know, one of the things that, one of the things that's happening in this world besides people isolating is we start to only spend time with the people who think the way that we think. And uh, that's just really dangerous, in my opinion. That's why we need each other. Community. Iron sharpens iron. I'll listen to you. You listen to me. Maybe I don't change my mind, but at least just learning to stay flexible is important. Why? Because then when the Holy Spirit pokes us, we're open. We're open. So here's why it's important for us to, to, to self-reflect, I think, and do some seed planting in our life. It's because seed planting, point number three, will produce a harvest. Seed planting will produce a, a huge harvest. You know, friends, Jesus teaches here that some seed that is planted will produce a huge harvest in our lives. Yes, some seed will wither. Yes, not every sermon you hear is going to hit you where you need to be. But some of the things I might say might stick. Some of the, the songs that you listen to on the radio, some of you listen to Christian radio, not every song's going to move you, but there are some songs where you just stop and go, wow, changes your whole perspective. Some seeds will wither. Some seeds will die. Some seeds will grow but not really fully mature. But some seed, hopefully your seed and my seed, will explode with fruitfulness. And I love the last one of the adjectives, at least in the last verse that we read here today. 
It talks about patience. What's the word here it uses? Verse 15, it says, who hear God's word, cling to it, and patiently produce a huge harvest. You know what that means? It means it takes time to grow. Don't you wish there was like this pill you could take, instant maturity, spiritual maturity pill that, that we could take and we'd be spiritual giants? But it, it doesn't happen that way. But you're in the right place. This is a good starting place. Brothers and sisters, I believe that to thrive in a fractured world is going to involve you and me intentionally choosing to live in community. I watch your back, you watch my back, right? We hold one another accountable. So I don't know if you're wired to be a lone ranger. I'm, I'm, I'm a wired a little bit to be a lone ranger. Um, I, 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 this morning as I was praying for Beto, I was just thinking, thank you, God, that Beto and Millie are wired to be in the community. Right? They love being a part of people. They are way more fun to be with than I am. Amen. And amen to that for sure, right? <laughs> and and, and I, that's, I'm so glad that they're a part of the staff because they, they help me where I'm not as, as, as good. And hopefully I help them too. Intentionally choose to go through life with others just like Jesus did. Why? Because that's the secret to thriving in a fractured world. So let me just close with this. This past week I got a phone call from somebody and that someone might be here in the auditorium today. Hmm, who is it? Who is it? And basically this person called me and said, Hey Mike, I just want to let you know that this week I was working out with a, a, a friend at the gym and circumstances and their conversation was such that it led me to take a risk. And I asked him if, I could, if we could pray about it, right? Remember, I was always saying, you know, if the Holy Spirit prompts you, maybe, and you say, Lord, use me today, maybe you go out and, 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 and well, this, he said, I took the risk. I jumped in, right? And he said, it turned this whole conversation into amazing workout. And as this person was, was sharing with me their story to basically say, hey, thank you. Thank you for challenging me. I was so encouraged because it made me want to be even more alert to the, to the opportunities around me to possibly pray with other people too. And I think that is such a great picture of the church because we sharpen each other. My story impacts your life and your story impacts my life. And friends, as we lean on each other and as, with God's help as we lean on Him, Together we will thrive in a fractured world and I believe our lives may be like in no season ever up to this point, our lives will produce a fruitful harvest. Do you want your life to produce a fruitful harvest? Yeah, me too. So turn to your neighbor and say together. Together. We're in this together. So let's close with a prayer. So put everything down. Open the palms of your hands like you want to receive something for the Lord. And just pray this in your heart. Say, Heavenly Father, please help me to grow. Right? That's why we're here today. So say, Heavenly Father, please help me to grow. Heavenly Father, please make my life fruitful. Because I want to live in a, I want to thrive in a fractured world. I want to be a positive difference maker in my circles. 
And now I want you to pray for the person on your left, whoever that might be. If you need to open your eyes and just look and see who that is. Maybe you don't even know what their name is. That's okay. Would you just ask God to pour out his favor upon this person on your left? That this next week will be a fruitful week for them. Now do the same for the person on your right. Look at them, make sure who it is, pick somebody. Just say, God, pour out your spirit. Fill their cup to overflowing. So it just bubbles over. Gets everybody messy around them. God, we want to live a fruitful life. We want to thrive in a fractured world. And together with your help, Father, and with the help of those sitting around us here today, we can and we will in faith. Because together we are the church and the church is not a building, it's people. And so for even those who are tuning in right now online, let them know that they are part of this family as they share prayer requests that we will pray with them and for them together as one family we will thrive in a fractured world we praise you for this hope we praise you for this confident truth it's in jesus name we pray and everybody said Thank you for listening to the Palm Harvest podcast. We would love to get to know you. So download the Palm Harvest app for free and fill out our connection card. Your continued support helps us spread hope around the world. You can also give in our app and find out more about our community.